This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 664 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. Today's show will include an interview with Ali Padalski, who was fortunate enough to ride in a masterclass with World Cup winner Jessica von Brandau-Berendel. And then we have one of Canada's newest senior judges, Ron King, and our trainer tip is brought to you by Melissa Gallagher. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you? Well, I've just I gotta let everybody know that you know you might sound a little scratchy in yeah, tonight's episode. Yeah, you're feeling a little under the weather. So yeah. we're gonna try yeah. not to make you talk so much. <laughs> yeah, we, we, it's been it's been a long day. Yeah, I just have a scratchy throat, and I think partly because <laughs> since we got home from Kentucky, the weather has been up and down and mostly raining. <laughs> so I think I have a little, as we all just say, like Kentucky allergies going on. But yeah, I do have a bit of a scratchy throat, everybody. So I apologize for that uh, for sure. So uh, we're we're not going to do a long intro today, just because at the end of my day, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to quit chatting, but. Uh, it is nice to be home. We finally, the sun is shining in Kentucky and it's nice and green. It's the best. So uh, it is nice to be home, even if it has been rainy and yucky. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's April, right? So I just wanted yeah. to draw attention to the uh, Land Rover uh, is yes. coming in. What ne- is that next week or? Um, it is, I think it is starting week after. the last, it's the week after. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have my calendar up and I didn't check, but it's the week after it actually sort of goes into May, which it doesn't do very often. It's pretty late. So we're hoping the weather will stay really good for, for that and Derby. It's, it's really our favorite time of here in Kentucky. Uh, it really is beautiful here. And I will say all the babies are hitting the ground. So when I, I drive my drive to Lexington, I see so many babies. Philip can tell you it's, it's the best drive in the spring. Poles everywhere. Everywhere. Oh my gosh. You just want to pull over and like kiss on all of them, um, <laughs> which I'm sure well, my neighbors would be fine with it. But if you don't know, maybe not the right thing to do, but it is so fun here in Kentucky. But I will say, Phil, like this week we have had a really you know, partly because we were coming back from Florida and, and I like the horses to have a little bit of a break, but also just kind of play around. So also with it raining, normally we hack them and really just let them have, you know, do some hill work and be outside, but that's not been a possibility. So we've been doing a lot of like cool groundwork. Uh, Jet Jenkins, my assistant, she's been doing a lot of um, working with the young horses with tarps and umbrellas and just yeah, kind of you're doing some desensitization work yeah we're doing that some photos that's pretty cool yeah big mike and i we did get to do a little rain dance yesterday when we it wasn't raining but 
uh, the footing on our driveway, it's chat. So you can, you can play on it. So we were outside kind of doing some trot sets, just doing different stuff. Cause I think they just are ready for a break. So everybody don't, you know, don't forget that, especially if you are sort of locked in your indoor, I think it isn't fun to do some fun things with the horses. So that's been something we've been working on. So um, it's been a great week besides a little scratchy throat. Again, I apologize for our quality of sound for that. But hopefully next week I will be fit and ready to go. And I hope everybody has a great Easter. That's this weekend. So looking forward to that. So we've got a great show, Phil. Why don't we get started? We're going to have this break from Kentucky Performance Products. And we'll be back with Ali Petoskey. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay and some get a few handfuls of grain a day. And most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. tonight. I am so excited to have back on the program after many years, Ali Petoskey, professional rider, FEI trainer. Welcome back, Ali. Thanks. We can't really decide how long it's been, but feels like a while. <laughs> well, and you know, we, we could have used our own. We have a search segment on our website, which our listeners are probably much better about using than we are. But Ali came on many years ago and she just got back from Denmark And now she's been riding for Kathy Priest uh, about an hour from where I live in Kentucky. Uh, And then we're much closer when we're in Florida. But Allie, you have this amazing, you have a couple horses, but we were talking about your NXS tonight, aren't we? Yeah, (laughs) that's the big boy. (laughs) The big boy. Tell us a little bit about this horse. And because you guys had an amazing season in Florida, didn't you? Yeah, it was really more than I expected, honestly, because one of those Facebook memories popped up that a year ago I was showing him fourth level for the first time. So I really didn't expect to be doing CDIs this winter, but he, 
he was ready. So we went for it. He, and, and won several. He was very successful. <laughs> so you're being yeah, modest, he, but you he, don't have to be. He was really good. <laughs> so tell us about him. Yeah. A little bit about him. So I got connected with him, I think almost three years now um, ago in Holland through Kathy's partner, Egbert. And he was a little bit of a project for me, but I pretty much knew right away that I really liked him. I went over there and tried him and he's really hot. So it was a little bit of a leap of faith that I spent all my money on him and (laughs) was like, well, I hope, (laughs) I hope this, uh, you know, works out. And, um, actually Kathy co-owns him with me. So we just, we just officially, um, changed that on his passport, which is great. But, um, she really made that happen for me financially and like hooked us up. So one of her many good qualities. I love it. (laughs) And and tell everybody who Kathy Priest is. So they know Kathy. She is my boss. Um, and she owns the farm here and, and owns the business Woodspring farm. So she owns all the horses I ride pretty much and teaches me and, uh, everyone here. Yeah. So I love it. she hooked us, she hooked me up with, um, in excess and we brought him back here. And honestly, I just took my time in the beginning with him because he needed to kind of learn to stretch and learn to slow down and just kind of get on the training program here. He was a little bit out of control. And one of the big things I had to deal with and am dealing with still is that he's uh, afraid of other horses in the warm up. So it's been a little bit of an adventure just getting to find out how best to manage that, like in the daily training and then mostly at the shows. Yeah. So sometimes can be exciting, but yeah. And for, in, in the warm up at globals re- quite tight, isn't it? I mean, you have one ring that the CDI horses go in and then the horses that aren't showing sort of aren't allowed within that dressage ring, but they are around you. And it's also right. kind of a weird space. So it can be yeah, difficult. It's not really, you, yeah. Yeah. It's not really like a standard space out on the side, but what I ended up doing was kind of using going up and down under the bleachers because he's a funny horse. He's not affected or afraid of anything pretty much besides other horses. So I can be directly under the bleachers, people clapping, walking around anything. And he's great. So that's lucky for me because I was able to kind of get away from the traffic. And he's also not affected by venue. Like he, if there's too many horses in the CDI ring on a warm up time, then I can just not go in there and he's fine. So that's really lucky. Yeah. That is Um, very lucky. Sorry. It's just so people can understand. It's just the CDI horses that warm up in that space. So it's a little bit different. It's not like an open show. Um, but still there are, there are, there can be quite a few horses in there. Right. Yeah. And, and people that want to like ride in the morning or in the evening when it's open for schooling, it can be 12 horses in there. And that's just not the best situation for me to be in because he gets really overfaced and really internal and it's just not productive. So yeah. I've had more luck, not avoiding the situation, but just keeping him really quiet and on the aids rather than just pushing him through it. 
Besides so. having an amazing show season, you got to to have a really cool experience, right? You were one of the riders in the masterclass for the Jessica von Berdo Verndal, who is the she just won the gold medal. She just won the World Cup. She's amazing. And you were able to ride with her. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that was really great. I had told the organizers that I I'd be interested in initially and then was told it was full. So I actually got in last minute. Uh, and it was <laughs> really fun. It's like, okay, I will definitely make this happen. Um, so we had to change our plan a little bit for that weekend. And I was able to have a little bit lesson with her the day before, just so she could get, um, you know, to know the horse and I, and like what we would want to work on in the master class, So no, no one was surprised, um, which was super fun. And Actually, she works with Morton Thompson, who I worked for in Denmark. So we kind of bonded over that. That was exciting. And um, so we knew some of his ideas and worked on those in the clinic. But yeah, it was really exciting. And I was happy to take in excess in the clinic because I wanted to see how he'd be under that sort of pressure and that atmosphere in the night and under the lights and with a crowd because I've never tried that. But he was really good. So I was okay, we're... We're getting somewhere here. So maybe for all our listeners, you could talk a little bit about Jessica's training philosophies or some of the things that you were working on and, and what, what her focus, you know, seemed to be with you in excess. Okay. Yeah, that's, she was right in line with what we always kind of focus on with him anyway, which is me not holding him too much in the hand because he's, like I said, he's very forward and very energetic. And he also has a really soft mouth. So if I'm too much on the rein, then the neck can get really short and he can kind of get tense and tight in his frame, even though he's not disobedient or anything. I really have to work on letting go. And she was right on that right from the beginning. And I think with all the horses that she worked with that night, you know, I was laughing because she said, let it get a little cheeky, which kind of cracks me up because I don't mind that at all. I think it's fun. And just really trusting and not trying to over control his tempo with my hand. So working on how I'm sitting and then doing some exercises that get my leg connected to him and my seat more effective without just stopping and half halting. So um, we did a pirouette exercise and then we did um, some piaf to trot transitions that would get him to half halt without me taking back the front end. So it was really a kind of a new approach in a way, but right in line with what we focus on and know is the the biggest thing to improve. So may- maybe just as much detail as you can give, you can talk about the uh, the pirouette exercise, just so, I mean, for my own training, I, I'd, li- I'd like to know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so it's actually something that Morton Thompson works on a lot and he taught both of us. So we were laughing, but we both love it and do it a lot, but it's just to start and walk and to really move the horse around in the walk. So to, to take the walk pirouette in a little bit and then push out from your inside leg into your outside rein so that the horse is almost in shoulder four on a small circle. And when you move them between haunches in and shoulder and in the walk, really making sure that the inside hind is stepping forward and then eventually that you push that directly into canter, you stay there, 
certain amount of strides. You can go a full pirouette, half pirouette, whatever you want, and then back to walk and then immediately pushing that inside hind in or out, depending to which way they're falling so that the horse never gets out of the the exercise, but he's doing transitions from walk to canter and then getting supple like through his hips and with with the um, control of the outside shoulder as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've kind of done similar things. I think it's super important to be able to, you know, know where the hunches are in relation to the shoulders, to be aware, and then be able to correct, you know, where the horse is. Because all the horses, they they collapse in or out or, you know, for half a pirouette in and then the other half out. And so I think, you know, riders should be aware of what's going on and then maybe they can help to correct it so that, no matter what size your your pirouette is, that the horse has the same balance throughout, and uh, you know it doesn't fall in on one part and fall out on on another part. It's a classic problem that uh, you know riders you know riders may not even be aware of what's going on. They're like, oh, this part is really good, and then oh, this part is not good. Well, you gotta you gotta try to figure out why. Yeah, and I think too part of her philosophy and like her system a little bit is is a lot of she's very positive so I think that exercise really showcases that where you can just if you go into canter and the horse has you know two to five like really correct strides then you can come down to walk and take the pressure off a little bit and I think that helps the horse understand where they need to be in their body and like to develop the strength to do it correctly yeah I I thought that was I liked in general with how she trained was she would put pressure on and then she would take the pressure away. And I thought that that Mm -hmm. was really, really interesting to watch. And she also multiple times with a lot of the riders and you kind of hinted to it as well. She really just said, relax and have a good time. And I thought that was kind of cool to see, you know, here you literally have the best rider in the world currently saying like, let him get a little cheeky, let him have a little fun. Like, relax. Don't be so, um, don't be so uptight, which I thought was funny. And, um, but a really good point as well for everybody, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. And especially kind of made me chuckle, like as I'm riding in this master class in front of like a ton of people and in front of the best rider in the world. And she's like, that's fine. Like just give, just play. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You know, it was great to hear that kind of in that experience, you know, for all of us that were essentially like doing that for the first time in that kind of environment and with that kind of audience and the riders met beforehand. We had a little riders meeting and all of us were laughing about how nervous we were and everything. And there she is saying, good, like give the reins, pass the horse. It's all good. Like, okay. Like it is all good. (laughs) It's good to hear. Well, Ali, what an amazing experience. And it was so fun to see how you've dealt. I've, I've gotten to see you develop this horse over time because we live pretty close and it's been so fun because he was a wildcat for a while and you've done an amazing job with him. But how can our listeners find you online if they have any questions? Well, I'm working on my social media, but I'm only on Facebook right now. It's this Ali Potaski. That's not my That's strength perfect. of social media, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I love I'm, I'm, I'm working on, I'm working on my Facebook account. So feel free to add me there. Fantastic. Well, Ali, thanks so much for coming on the show. No problem. Have you ever wondered how to keep your horse sound and how to prevent future lameness issues? Have you had to deal with abscesses, stone bruises, laminitis, navicular, or soft tissue damage in the hoof capsule? 
Or maybe you're a farrier and you want to learn how top vets around the world diagnose and treat various hoof care issues. The Humble Hoof is a podcast for both owners and professionals discussing the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Check us out, published twice a month on Horse Radio Network. Well, tonight we are very happy to have back an old friend of ours from the Young Horse Trainers Conference Day, Ron King. He is a new S judge in Canada. Ron, welcome back to the show. It's been many years. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's great to be back. Well, congratulations, sir, on your S license. That's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. It is. Actually, I'm, I'm really happy about it. And uh, it's been many years in progress, like about 12 years in all. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's great to obtain this level. Well, we're intrigued because both Philip and I don't necessarily come from the judge's perspective. We were talking off air. I, you know, oh man, I don't. Judging is is it's really hard to sit in that box and to hold your scale and to make a comment and be constructive. I mean, it's really really difficult skill. So tell us for anyone who wants to start thinking about becoming a judge, start us off 12 years ago. How did you decide to go down this path? Well, as, as you guys are, I'm a trainer and coach. Yes. And um, you talk to judges along the way. And many years ago, there was a shortage in Canada of judges. Uh, not many people, I think, wanted to go through the procedure. And, and I felt someone kind of encouraged me, a few people encouraged me to try and see if I'd be interested in doing it. And as hard as it is to be a judge, it's also hard to ride and train. <laughs> I think the whole yes. sport in general, can, you know, has its own. It's all hard. It's all hard. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but it does give you a different point of view from the judge's booth. And I think any, through the procedure, you sit with many judges along the way. And every judge wants to be positive and wants to give out great marks. And I think competitors have to realize that. Like, they're in there. They're not getting paid a lot of money. It's not like, you know, you become rich and famous doing this. <laughs> and they really want to give the riders marks. They themselves have ridden. They've been in the competition ring. They train horses. They ride horses. They really do want to give the best mark possible. And... I see that as very positive, and uh, so that kind of encouraged me to start the whole judging procedure, and I sat in with many judges, many FEI judges, many top-level judges, and not one of them is like, was negative. They, like, when that rider comes down center line before they enter the ring, they're on a 10, and unfortunately, everything that happens after that determined that it may, not, it may no longer be a 10, but they start off on a 10. And I think we need judges to really uh, continue the, the longevity of the sport. And um, yeah, it, it really is an eye-opening experience sitting in with these people and judging test after test and seeing their remarks and uh, seeing how they really want the sport to succeed. Yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, the, like the judging in dressage will, will be really hard to be replaced by robots. Right. Because, yes. uh, you know, you can see in other sports, there's lots of new technology with replays and, you know, uh, what have you, but, but you, you actually need a person 
or you know, at at the high level, like multiple people, seven judges, you know. Okay. So, so you know, people need to be inspired to to become judges, even even if it's just uh, a judge for local shows, or and you know, not not necessarily all the way up in into the S, which is senior. Tell us about what are the hoops that you have to you have to jump through to to become a judge from beginning to to where you are now. In the beginning, as a recorder judge, you do a lot of scribing. You sit in with judges. You judge schooling shows. And, of course, you do clinics, judging clinics, which are super valuable because they often you're at a horse show judging with a group of judges. And so you can really educate your eye. And so as a recorder judge, you would go through that procedure. And in Canada, the next step would be a basic level judge which again, you do actually more scribing, more sitting in, and of course, more clinics. And the more exposure you get, the quicker you are at giving the mark and a really good comment. Because to really find, like sometimes many things can be happening and many problems can be happening. And you want to find what the root problem is and state potentially what could be fixed. And if that one problem is fixed, then many other problems may be fixed. And so that, I think, comes with a lot of experience, years and years, and and you see these judges who have done it for many, many years, which I I think that's why the procedure takes that long as well. Because from basic uh, basic judge in Canada, um, we then have a medium judge where you are then judging more national shows up to higher levels, and um, you can get guest carded to judge even Grand Prix at a, at a show. And but you do continue the whole educating the eye with the clinics, with sitting in with judges, and um, and also at that point more and more co-judging that there may be two of you judging one horse. And if your marks are extremely off, <laughs> you have to go yeah. back and wonder what went, what went wrong in that <laughs> in that procedure. <laughs> Even though you know, obviously, the judge at E or B has a different view than the judge at C. So sometimes there will be discrepancies. Like the judge at C may not be able to see if the halt is exactly at X, but the judge on the side can very much see if the halt is ten meters away from X. So those things are, are obviously allowable, but when your mark is extremely off by 10%, then, then we have a problem, you know, with the judging. And then from the medium judge, in Canada, you do more and more requirements of um, judging potential provincial championships and sitting in again with more judges and the clinics and just trying to keep educating your eye and, and what potentially, you know, horses and riders, the combination do sometimes some silly things happen. And sometimes things happen in the ring that you really do wonder <laughs> uh, what kind of bark to give that potentially if the horse is really going sideways and, and, and bucking and leaping you want to give it the best mark possible, but it still has to be realistic. And it has to go to the scale and the guidelines of judging, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. So at any point through this process, are, are you being evaluated yourself as far as like somebody, you know, asking you to judge a class sitting there next to you? And, you know, what, what, what is that? What is that like? Yeah, it is actually at the judging clinics we go to, um, there will very, there's always a senior judge, an FEI judge, um, who has years of experience and they put you on the spot and then you have to judge whatever test is in front of you at that tour show. And you have to be quick and it's, it's, you have to be efficient, obviously with your words and your score has to be correct based on whatever the movement uh, requires. Yeah. And so this actually is a great experience, even though <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> very intense. A little nerve wracking. Um, a little sure. nerve wracking. I'm like nervous for you at this point. <laughs> it is nerve wracking, but it really helps you become a better judge. Yeah. And I think it, it, what you've been saying in, in just the theme is, and that's why becoming a judge is difficult as well, because it's, it's, it's expensive. So all of these clinics, there's not a lot of grants for them. So you're going to, you, you're typically paying for these clinics. So you're getting amazing education, but I, but that's why, like you said, most judges are in that judges booth because they want to help and not harm. And they've spent a lot of money to be in that booth. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's, I think that that's just such a good thing to take away that judges really are there. You've spent a lot of time to be able to give the right mark and educate yourself that what you're saying is going to help every rider. And that is so difficult. And it, it takes a real special person to be able to go through the process and to get all the way to the S status. I mean, that is no joke. That is, it's a lifetime, 12 years, as you said, um, of dedicating to judging. And, and I just think people need to be kind to judges. I've always sometimes be a little fussy with judges myself, but it really is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'd be lying if I didn't say that, but really it's truly a very difficult thing to sit in there and give a score. And you, you spent a lot of time to get there. You, you make a really valid point that it's true that all of these clinics we go to, generally, they're not necessarily in your area. So you have to travel there somehow, yeah. pay for the travel and pay for the accommodations aid and pay for the clinic. Um, so that is a, a valid point. So you, you, you do get people who are committed to the sport, basically. Yeah. They want to help the sport. So all of these judges are not, <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of fame involved in this. Um, <laughs> and at the end of the day, yeah, some riders, I'm sure, are not happy with your judging, uh, for sure. But again, you have to keep it real. And you want to, as a judge, be as objective as possible. I think that's the biggest thing is um, you try not to be subjective. It has to be a little bit kind of mathematical. What what do you see? What's happening? Is the rhythm clear? All of these things come into play. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and it's not just you know you don't wake up one day and and say well I'm gonna I'm just gonna judge horses. You are. It's just judges are super well educated at, at what they do. You know. Yes. So you know anybody that's gonna criticize a judge is just like. Okay, well, you you go and do it. Like, you know, yeah, you, you go in a that box. job. Go ahead and do it. You know, so that that that's my point all the time. It's like, it's a hard job. They're very well educated on their own dime, and you know, you you might not see eye to eye on on, on certain things, but uh, 
in the end, you're not you're not out there doing it. Like you know, I was I, I never criti- criticize a judge because I'm not out there <laughs> doing it, and I don't want to do it. So yeah, um, you know, I'm gonna take the the feedback from whoever is in in the box and 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 take it and and go back and have some responsibility on myself to you know fix the problem so that they can't they can't give a a, a small mark or, or or whatever. So that that's a rider's uh, an athlete's responsibility not the responsibility of the judge to to close their eyes at what they're seeing or 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 change their opinion because their opinion's been formulated over in your in your case Ron you know 12 years and and yeah. much more than that in being a rider and and a coach and, and and all those other things but just judging specifically you've dedicated a lot of time and, and you know and effort and money and and whatever so you know, riders appreciate that from your from your judges and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Both without them, there's like, no shows. With, there. Without judging, yeah. there's no shows. So it, it's it's actually another good point that um, I think everybody actually, even trainers and coaches, should sometimes sit in the judges' booth with a judge because it really is another different perspective of it, and yeah. it educates the coach's eye as to what exactly, you know, it really goes back to the principles of, of what is required for each movement. And when you take it back to that and really see test after test and movement after movement and repeatedly throughout a day, I, I think it would help many coaches and trainers across the board and that we work yeah. more as a team. I know it's an individual sport, but we can still work as a team to make the sport better. Yeah. If and that I, makes any sense. No, it does. And it's, it, I think yeah, it's, it's so important. I, 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 I always scribe. I, I, I think it's really important. You know, we, I don't know how it is in Canada, but for our local organizations, you have to do your hours, your volunteer hours. And I always scribe for mine and I have a standing point at a, it's an eventing show, but I coach eventing as well. And so I always on, on the Thursday of the Haggard three day event, I always scribe all day, but I appreciate it because I'm with an eventing judge. So for me, that's important to see what they're looking for, but you do, you sit in that booth and, and you see so many different things and, and then you see also similar errors. So I think that's really important. So I would just encourage if you can scribe, you know, scribe because they're great. It's a great way to to learn and to sit there. And you can't obviously watch everything, but you're listening and you're there. And so I think that's so important. So, and I totally agree that judges and trainers, we have to. We're not s- separate. We work together to make the sport better. And um, I know now. Um, I know it was 12 years ago, but it's the same. The associations are always looking for judges. And for P- and technical delegates and to people to enter the sport and continue in in working in in this in different forms of the or ways of the sport. So um, I love that you did it and continue to to educate and and moving forward. I think it's fantastic and we all need to be doing that to keep the sports going. So um, Ron, we thank you so very much for coming on. And um, if our listeners uh, would like to find you online, how can they do that? It's um, Blueprint Farm. Actually, Blueprint Farm. I have a website, uh, dot, dot .ca. Fantastic. I did forget one thing, though, that I'd like to mention, is that mm. other than the clinics and the shadow judging and the co-judging, the judges also have to have ridden at different levels. So they themselves have been in the ring competing. So also keep that in mind, that they, they just haven't just sat in the box, but they've also been on the other side. 
Well, and we all know, I mean, it really, it, it, you know, you think about it, it is so difficult to get to a horse show and to, to start doing, you know, and I think if you haven't done it in a really long time, it's hard to remember how, how hard that is. And I think to have judges that have done it, it it's so incredibly important. Well, thank you again. And Ron, what is your website again? So everybody remembers and comes to visit. It's blueprintfarm.ca. Fantastic. Thank you, Ron. All right. You guys take care. Well, everybody, if you haven't had a chance to go on our Facebook page, there is a photo shoot that Phil and I did with my two wonderful horses, Bingo and Follow Me or Big Mike. Uh, when he was in Florida, we got to touch and feel the halters and of trust design. And we love them. We need to Phil. we need to put the outtakes of how many photos it took. To get photo. <laughs> no, thanks. No, thanks. it was not. And, you know, I got fault. a couple, I got a couple of, uh, halters sent up North, but I was just looking at all the horses and they're not fit for, um, <laughs> advertisement consumption. They're, we're, we're not ready to show tomorrow. They've, they they're kind of looking a bit scraggly. Everybody's losing their, their hair and you know <laughs> all of that stuff the spring switch over so yeah our guys our guys will will model the halters they're you know they're really bright they're really good looking and we thank trust design for sending them to us and and uh letting our, our horses model them absolutely my guys were ready and and they enjoyed the modeling they were cute they were well behaved everybody it was phil <laughs> that That's- that wasn't ready yeah yeah, I, they couldn't get my ears forward or or, or, or a nice expression. <laughs> we tried. Face, we were dancing around. <laughs> it wasn't trust design. The boys looked beautiful in their halters, and and we love them, and we're very thankful for them. So you can go to trustdesign.com, and actually this week we're going to start a coupon promotion that's ten percent off of anything on Trust Design. The only thing you have to do is on the coupon promo space is just HRN. So that's exclusively for all the. Uh, Horse Radio Network listeners. Next up is our Trust Design Tip of the Week with Melissa Gallagher. Well, for this week, Trust Design Tip of the Week, we have Melissa Gallagher, FEI rider and trainer on the show. Welcome back, Melissa. Thank you so much. Well, again, we have all been friends. We don't even want to talk about several decades, and we're so thrilled to have you back on. And you've got a great tip for us this week. So what do you have? So what I would like to give you guys as a tip this week is to not be afraid to expose your horses to everything before you go out to compete or whatever it is that you want to do with your horse. Because what I see a lot of times is horses at shows that are nervous about things, um, and the riders are uncertain about how to handle it. So at home, if you do some desensitization with your horse, you're more prepared. You give the horse more confidence as well as yourself to handle situations that you may encounter that aren't planned. You know, I've been in the ring when a plastic bag has gone flying around or, you know, the horse in the ring next to you all of a sudden enters your ring unexpectedly. And Having some of those natural horsemanship tools for desensitizing can really just change the entire experience for you as well as your horse. Obviously, you can't prepare for everything, but you can think of a few things you know um, that you are almost guaranteed to encounter at a horse show. You know, one of them is uh, flower boxes. 
I can't believe that, you know, how many horses are spooking at flower boxes at the horse show. I mean, they're at every horse show, you know, like start (laughs) now, you know, if you're going to show this summer and your horse, you don't know how good he is or whatever. I mean, get some, get some planters, get, you know, it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect things. It's just make some unusual things go on around, you know, around your, around your riding ring, whether it's indoors or outdoors or, or whatever. The first day you do it probably won't be a whole lot of fun, but it's part of the the preparation for going to a horse show is, uh, you know, just ride in different situations, right? You know, absolutely. I think people avoid certain situations because um, they're afraid of what's going to happen. But instead, think of it like you're just going to help expose your horse to everything so that when the unexpected happens, even if it's not something specific that they've seen in your practice, they're still more confident in themselves and in you as their rider. And you're also more confident in how to handle unexpected situations. hundred percent. And I feel the same way about blowers and weed eaters and mowers. You know, we can at the farm, we can ask the guys to stop if it becomes a really dangerous situation, but at a horse show and we showed at the Kentucky horse park. And let me tell you, those guys aren't stopping. I mean, they're going yeah. and and you've got to be able to handle that in a productive way. And again, I, I think it's, it's, it's bad when dressage riders are like, stop, 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 get right. it out there. And if you can't, then you do need to find someone or you need to work on your horsemanship and you do some natural horsemanship. So you have skills to handle that because that is part of going to a horse show. I'm sorry to Absolutely. say it. You know, you got to deal with warm up arenas. You got to deal with, uh, you know, coming back from global, you know, those horses I have to go, right. it's very tight. They've got to go into it at the CBI horses. There's, there's people having drinks and banging and tents and all kinds of things. Like at the end of the day, you're going to have to go into a big stadium. So and, well, and, yeah, and I was going to say Reese, I mean, yeah, you say global, but across the road. At, you know, at the, uh, oh. at, at the WEF, I mean, that, that uh, blow your, blow your mind. So, blow I mind. mean, there's, there's different levels of crazy, right. But yeah. the number of horses they have in those warm up rings, along with the tractors that are doing the grooming, yeah. or, you know, along with kids and dogs and blah, 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 you know, it, it, it I don't know. It's not it's literally a circus, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a circus. No, and then you go, and then you go across it's the ring and you're like, Oh, they, you know, it's, you know, global is really crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, there's different degrees, right? So different degrees. Absolutely. And I think something to remember too, is if you feel anxious because you're in a situation that you're not prepared for with your horse, the horse already knows that, right? They know all of our emotions from when we enter the barn. So they know that we feel different if we're anxious at a show. And the more you can do to be prepared for that and to make your horse feel confident in you and feel at ease, together when you're in those high pressure situations, the better you're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you're not confident doing it, you should find someone that is. And I, I feel yeah, very, and it's okay. very embrace. It. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I own a three-year-old, but I, and I'm, I'm happily entering and writing checks for him to go to horse shows. I'm not riding them in them. My assistant is <laughs> incredibly confident and good. And he's having the greatest experiences and that's her gig. That is not my gig. And he it will be this summer. He's going to be ready. But, you know, I don't, I, you know, 
I'm not riding them in the snow at a horse schooling show, uh-uh. but, <laughs> but, but it's important. Right. But uh, you know, that's me knowing that's not my strength. Uh, I know somebody that, that, that is her strength. She's really yep. good at that. And I want her to do that. And I want her, and I want that young horse to have a lot of confidence so that he is able to have a productive life and, and to get Absolutely. out. And, and I think that's so important. So, you know, again, move stuff around in your arena. Don't stop the guys on the tractor, you know, maybe no. have them go a little slow the first couple of times, yeah. but and get you know, creative, get a little creative for sure. You know, we and, do tarps, we do umbrellas, we do feed bags. We do, we have a, a big, a two jump standards with a huge shower curtain arch. And so little strips of shower curtains hang down and the horses walk, trot and canter through there and then onto the tarp and just anything you can expose them to. Like, are you going to run into that out in the world? No, but it's something that they're afraid of when you first approach it. And then you build the confidence together to conquer that fear. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's really important. So I love it. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for your tip this week. It's fantastic. And how can our listeners find you online? So you can go to our Instagram account, which I'm on every night. I try to do as much as I can. And that's Collective Roots Dressage. We also have a website, which is rootsdressage.com. And we have a Facebook account. And stay tuned for some online subscription videos coming up. The first one is going to be trailer loading and we're filming it in two Mondays. I love it. Well, we will, we'll have you back on to explain it all to us. Cause, um, I have a couple clients that need that video. So uh, I think it's fantastic. Awesome. That's great. Thank you guys so, so very much. It's wonderful to talk to you. Well, Phil, we announced last week, our book club of the month. So we're going to say it one more time. It is balancing act by Dr. Gerd Heuschman. And we hope everybody grabs it at horseandriderbooks.com. You will not be disappointed. I'm really looking forward. I've leafed through it, but it is a technical book. So I'm looking forward. Maybe after the show tonight, I'll get a little chance to sit down and, and really get after this book. So we hope everybody is excited and getting it. And we're looking forward to that. I was just going to say that the draw is happening in the HRN auditor room. Like right now, I'll uh, leave it up for the weekend and then uh, I'll make the draw and somebody will from the HRN auditors will receive the book for free and we'll have them on to talk about the book as we normally do. Yeah. And I love it. And and just a reminder, if you're interested and want to be part of that draw, that is for the exclusive Horse Radio Network auditors. And you can find more information out on the Horse Radio Network page. And that is a group of people that support uh, the network and support Philip and I and all the other hosts and the network itself. So uh, it's a perk that we have, you will get a copy of the book and then we have you on the show to review it. So just for anybody that doesn't know, and we always thank you and love the support from the auditor room. We appreciate it. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is uh, through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That is Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And hopefully next week, my voice won't be scratchy. But I hope you have a great week. And we look forward to talking with you next week. 